Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Today we're talking about the 12th episode of the first season of Leverage called The First David Job. Beth, what did you think? I know that you were super, super, super excited yeah. for me to see this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to be mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I It was kind of underwhelming for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think... There was just, it kind of reminded me of the pilot in the sense that there was a lot going yeah. on mm-hmm. and nothing was really resolved. And then they fucking ended it the same way they ended the pilot where they yeah. would walk off. And I'm like, we've, we know that that's, there's still another episode left, you yep. guys. So I'm, I don't know. Like, I know that you're really pumped to talk about this yep. episode. I am excited to talk about it, but straight off the bat, I do want to put it out there. I was kind of underwhelmed. I was, yeah. and it may have just been because you were so excited that I was yep. like, hyping myself up so maybe I've given myself unrealistic expectations no so I think you've uh yeah I'm very pumped to talk about this episode but I don't think I don't think I accurately portrayed while I I was really excited to talk about this episode because I didn't want to spoil it for you okay the reason why I'm pumped to talk about this episode is Maggie Oh, yeah, she fucking rules. I love Maggie. She's too good for a name. Exactly. She's way too good yeah, for a name. Yeah, Like, bro. I was so pumped to meet Maggie, like, because I knew Maggie was coming. Yeah. I didn't want to be, like, the reason I want you to watch this episode is because it has, like, six recurring characters that I fucking love in it. Okay, cool. Specifically, Maggie is top of the list. Yeah, because there were some things that I really liked about this episode. It's just that the episode itself I didn't love. Yeah. Like, no, I 100% get that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Again, it's not the plot that I'm a fan of in this episode. Yeah. It's Maggie. Yes. Although. Maggie and Sterling and. I literally, I saw Mark Shepard's name in the credits and I was like, oh, we're getting Mark. I was very excited. He waited to the last possible minute to show up. Yeah. Also, I kind of love the red shirt. He's wearing, he's like a burgundy. Mm. I was like, damn. It looks good. But can we also just appreciate for a hot second that, like, I I fully understand why people are like, Mark Shepard plays literally the same character in both Leverage and Supernatural. Yeah. He, they are the same. <laughs> Sterling is Crowley. Crowley is Sterling. I am watching this show and I'm like, this feels like Supernatural. And you haven't met Crowley yet, but no. when you do, yeah. he's the same character. He is exactly the fucking same. It's like, honestly. But honestly, Sterling came first. Mm. So... Crowley's, Crowley's inspired by Sterling. Sterling, not Sterling is Crowley. Yes, no, it's, look, however, whatever, I love him. I think it's great. It's it's excellent. However, we're not here to talk about Supernatural. We're here to talk about Leverage. And also, okay, I've just realized yeah. as much as I didn't love this episode, I'm also excited to talk about it because a bunch of stuff happens. Yeah. Okay, so where I want to start. Oh, I fucking called it that Sophie would be playing them. Yeah. I fucking yeah. called it. Do you remember me sitting here being like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, Dude. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be the I was imagining that being like, the end of the fifth, like, I no. was expecting that was going to be like, the end game mm-hmm. plot. Mm-hmm. I did not expect that to be fucking relevant. Yeah. Like, literally two, two episodes, episodes later. later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved yeah. it for her. I was like, Yes. Play him like I know you can. It was great. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I do now understand what you're talking about. About I should have been able to figure out who the big bad at the yeah. end of the season was going to be. You're mm-hmm. correct. I 
as soon as I, like, when I went to play the episode, there's, like, the little bio, yeah. and I was like, oh, I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. Of course, the, like, of course it's the fucking insurance company. Yeah. Oh, I of was Of course like, it's the sort of looming thread over their head of, like, the whole reason this is even happening is because yeah. his kid died. I thought, I was fully thinking that it was some big honcho businessman, like kind of like a fictional yeah. Trump kind yeah. of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, because you'd mentioned that, oh, they've talked about him like before in passing. Yeah. And I was thinking you meant like we'd seen newspapers with like no. a headline or a no. like, I was thinking way more subtle. I was like, I'm missing this fucking <laughs> shit. And I didn't even consider the fact that it's the most glaringly obvious fucking season villain. I was like, I'm this stupid. <laughs> It's, we're dealing, Nate's the victim of the week here. Yeah. Like, they're literally... And they hold like, an intervention. Yeah, which the little cue cards... So fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, I. that's why I was sort of, like, re-watching it and, like, re-watching it with, like, purpose and, like, re-watching it to, like, discuss it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, no, they really, like, they really are hamming it up this season. Mm. Like, every single episode they're talking about Sam and Sam's death, yeah. which, like... The I didn't even realise the kid's name was Sam until this episode. It's increasing the John Winchester coding. <laughs> it really was. Like, he was fully drunk. Also, actually, quickly while we're here, the quote, you don't need rehab. As soon as they said that, I knew that the final section of that quote was going to be, you need revenge. And I was like, huh, supernatural coded. <laughs> I was like, that is the most toxic supernatural bullshit yep. that I've seen on this show thus mm-hmm. far. I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. I know exactly where this is going. You're John Winchester refying. Yeah. And also, quick note, uh, Nate is drunk. Yeah. Fully fucking drunk. But this time, he's not driving. So I'm counting that as character growth. I don't like Nate. I fucking hate Nate. However, he did not drink drive this episode. Mm-hmm. So... Taking the win. And also no stupid hats. No stupid hat this episode. And I also think it's very fun that he's sort of like, he's playing up the drunk element. Like he's playing up the broken homeless. And then we get the character introduction of all character introductions. Like it is the most character introduction of all time in my brain. (laughs) Of like Elliot being like, oh, I'm hitting up with this, like this chick. Like, yeah, she, like, right. And he's like, no, bring her along, sell the bit. And then it's his fucking ex-wife. I know. I know. And the fact that she like gives Elliot her number, she's like, wait, let me give you my number. And he's like, I guess like, oh, oh. But also I fucking hate Nate so much this episode. Yeah. He pisses me off mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's literally doing that fucking thing again where he's just shouting in public spaces. Mm-hmm. Using the, and I'm like, I'm gonna marry you. Um, although I did like the bit where he says he likes shrimp. Mm. I don't know why. There's so many, like, what is it about cocktail shrimp in America? I don't know. They're always talking about it. Like, in The Good Place, like, Eleanor fucking yeah. loves her shrimp. Mm-hmm. And Nate apparently loves shrimp. Mm-hmm. And they call them shrimp and they're fucking prawns. I don't know. <laughs> shrimp are fucking tiny. Shrimp are, like, the size of, like, a 10 cent piece. A prawn. That, like, the big juicy one, that's a fucking prawn, sir. Not a shrimp. A shrimp is a little, a little, a little buddy. A prawn is the juicy motherfucker. (laughs) And they're talking about prawns, but they're saying shrimp. And it annoys me. It's like that fucking thing where people say, oh, yeah, mate, chuck a shrimp on the barbie. I'm like, no one does that. You know why? Because we don't call them shrimp. We call them prawns. 
I've never heard an Australian person actually say throw a shrimp on the barbie if they're not making fun of that that phrase. phrase. It is the least Australian fucking thing. Yeah, no, look, that entire opening scene is a, like, it it is, I think it is one of the things I did really well Mm -hmm. in this episode. Like, there are, there are a lot of things in this episode that I don't love. Yeah. Um, but that opening scene where they're sort of establishing, like, they're all, like, they've all sort of wormed their way in and around this dude. Yeah. To... Pull a con on him. I do like the element of us being thrown into the middle to end of the con. Yeah. I do like that because it's fun. Mm. Um, and they've done it, like, sort of differently yeah. throughout the series. But I do like that this one is kind of like we're thrown in at the climax and we're thrown in as the plot twist happens where yeah. they're like, oh, we have to steal the actual statue. I'm like, yeah. okay. I, I enjoyed that because it immediately, immediately it's, like, quite fast paced. Yeah. Um, which is nice because sometimes it can feel a little bit slow in the lead up too. Mm. But and yeah. especially in an episode like this where a lot happens, you want it to feel fast paced because otherwise it feels like it feels like more. No, but like that introduction scene where like he he straight up threatens Ian with a gun, mm. and then Ian's like, "Are you here to kill me, Nate?" Oh yeah, and he full on assaults that security guard, and they never I'm, address that. Unnecessary. Yeah, like, I was so like, that bit there is so unnecessary. But then I do kind of love the way, like it's not in real life. Don't do this. But he just like tosses the gun. I know. It's and like, like yeah. I want shrimp. <laughs> I literally hate Nate so much. Um, what I what I don't hate though, what I don't hate, mm. the fucking dresses in this episode. Yeah. Sophie's dress. I was the in one love. shoulder. I with was the... in Ugh. love with Sophie's dress. I was. Uh, my roommate was sitting on the couch with me, and I was watching. And I was like, "I fucking love that dress. Look at that dress. I would wear the fuck out of that dress. Look, it's, it's so beautiful. Simple. It's elegant. Skyrocks, but it's still like wow. I for the first time was mad that a show that I was watching wasn't well lit enough that I could fully appreciate that dress because she kept walking in dark rooms. Yeah. And I was like, because it's fucking at night. light on, I want to see the dress. Anyway. So it's at night though. I was like, wow, this like, must be how Jamie feels about everything in Supernatural. Yeah. But anyway, I was trying to see this dress and I was in love with it. But then, Parker Harker's dress. Yeah. Well, it's actually oh, Sophie's dress. My, well, the one Parker it's was Parker wearing. Parker wearing dude, Sophie's dress. dude. Dude, yeah, fucking baller. I was. She walked out, and you're like, "Oh, damn!" I was like, "This woman, I would let her step on me." I loved it so much. It was so good. They both looked fly as hell. I didn't love Maggie's dress. No, I didn't love it. I loved Parker and Sophie's dresses. Mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. them. I was so happy, and it even, like, actually, I love Parker this episode. Yeah. I really love Parker this episode. Sophie pissed me off a bit. Mm. <laughs> Though, I will say that I one so of many my favourite moments is Sophie's monologue tonight about how they're all addicts, mm. and it's like, their addiction just takes different forms. Yes. And, like, I think I think it's really funny because, like, she's sort of, like, universally applying it to everyone in the team. And it's really only applicable to Nate and Sophie. Yeah, I would argue maybe Parker as well. Yeah. Um, but not in the same, like, way. Way, no. Yeah, like, for Parker, she likes the challenge. Yeah. Whereas, like, Nate and Sophie, they like the, like, prestige almost. Yeah. Like, the end goal, I guess. 
Um, well, actually, I say that. Sophie likes the prestige. Yeah. Nate likes the drinking. And also the feeling of control. Yeah. 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 He's a control freak. Like, actually, through and through. both of them have that quality because Sophie mm. innately likes to be in control. That's how she manipulates everyone. Well, she's even just going control. back to the stalk job, she's like, I think there's literally a quote from her that's like, what, you think I'm a sociopath because I don't leave my personal life up to chance? Yeah. Like, because I control every... It's like, yep. She's right, though. Like, because that's the pot calling the kettle black. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Just because Sophie does it to everything, mm. he micromanages the hell out of everything. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, I derailed your entire point there. No. Which is, holy shit, women. Yes. Pretty much. And but Hardison even, agrees with me. I mm. the fake makeout trope. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I love it. I yeah. am a sucker for this kind of like the fake when I read a fic, yeah. fake dating AU, fucking love it. Fucking love it. It's one of my favorite tropes of all yeah. time. I loved it when they did it in Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. with Jake and Amy, mm-hmm. and I fucking loved it when they did it here. And I also love that Hardison is immediately like, that was like, that was nice. That was pretty nice. Can we like talk about that? And she's like, oh yeah, like breaking into the thing. Yeah, that was cool. And he was like, no, no, the, the other bit. And she's like, what are you doing? And then he's like, oh, that was weird, right? And she's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, um, Nate's ex-wife showing up out of nowhere, and he's yeah. like, I don't know, that's not... Yeah, right. I wasn't... I was... <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I really loved it. I love their whole vibe this episode. I love fucking Parker with the statue being like, look, buddy, it's your <laughs> new home! And then when she's getting changed and she takes her shirt off and Hardison turns the statue around... <laughs> and we can't let your ex-wife anywhere near a little naked man. Oh, literally... So fucking funny. Although I did, I did appreciate that Nate was fully like, no, we're not gonna fool Maggie. She's too good. Like, yeah. she's actually like the best. Like, she's fantastic. Like, I I appreciate how much respect he has for her abilities yes. and like her skill. Mm-hmm. And he's like not gonna try. He's like, we cannot fool her. Like, we can do anything. We cannot fool this woman. Yeah. She's too good. And then Sophie's like mad about it, and I'm like, Sophie, babe, don't be jealous. You're also too good for him. Yeah. Like, both of you could do so much better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious me. Also, I have a note that says Nate is literally the dumbest fuck and I hate him, but I don't know why. Like, Just I, generally. The above note is Maggie is too good for him and the below note is Sophie, don't be jealous, babe. You can also do better. So, I don't... I oh, don't... that's probably when he's having <laughs> the conversation with Maggie at the same time as trying to have the conversation on the comms. Maybe. And, like, he's... Because I, I do think it's very funny that he's, like, talking to Maggie and Hardison's there like, Nate, stay in fucking character. Yes, literally. Because Nate's, like, trying to, like, be like, oh, no, like, I'm fine. I don't need your help. Like, I'm all good. I just need this. Like, yeah. it's not that bad. But, like, it's like your entire character develop- depends on being broke desperate. and desperate enough. Yeah. To take the paycheck wherever it comes from. Like, that's your yeah. entire thing. Like, because Ian would know. That it would never, ever come to come, him. Yeah. yeah. Which we have another interesting development of Maggie doesn't know. Yeah, what the fuck? Maggie doesn't know. How and does she not know? Because he never told her. But how can He worked for Blackpool and 
this isn't really spoilers. It just will explain some things for you. But we do get context later on that he went directly to Ian Blackpool to pay for the surgery. As He went to Blackpool because he'd been working under Blackpool for years and he asked him to basically cut the red tape so he could get the payment for his son's treatment. Yeah. And Blackpool himself said no to Nate. Okay. That's why they're specifically targeting Blackpool because okay. it's not only his policy that meant that it was automatically denied, it was also Nate went directly to Blackpool and Nate never told Maggie that he went directly to Blackpool and Blackpool himself said no. Okay, because what I was going to say is how could she not know that the insurance claim got declined? Mm. I was like, how the fuck does she not know that? Because she would have known they applied. Yeah. And I was like, and she also would have known that they didn't get the money. Like, she's a smart woman. She's going to put two So she knows that the insurance claim got denied in the first place, but she doesn't know that then. So she's just under the impression that it was just sort of like a blanket red tape sort of thing that happened. She doesn't know that he went to Blackpool and Blackpool specifically was like, no, we're not going to cut the red tape for you. Okay. Despite the fact you've worked here for 20 odd fucking years. Yeah. Okay, well that it's makes a lot policy. more that makes yeah. a lot more sense then because yeah, for me I was like, how the fuck would she not have known? Mm. Like she knows her kid died and she knows they had medical bills. Yeah. So she clearly knows that they didn't get mm. the insurance. So how can she not know that they didn't get the So okay, yes, that makes a lot yeah. more sense. A lot more sense. Mm. No. So yeah, I'll give you an explanation. They do they do give us more details later on and you're sort of left to assume that's sort of the case. Yeah. That, yeah, he went directly to Blackpool and Blackpool was like, nah, not going to pay for it. Which, yeah, is like shitty. Understandable why Nick, uh, why Nate is so... And that's why Nate went so far off the deep end. Because like the whole idea of this and the whole idea of Maggie being so much better than Nate is he was previously good enough for her. Mm. And then he became an alcoholic because his son's death devastated him. And between, like, the debt and the breakup of his marriage because of his drinking and all of that sort of stuff is why Nate is... The compounding factors. Yeah. So everything sort of just piled on him and he didn't deal with any of it. Like, that man could have used therapy. (laughs) Sure. And he did not go. No, while we're talking about addiction, though, we should actually probably look at the speech Nate gives to Sophie about them all being addicted to their pasts. And, like, it's about how they handle it and like she's trying to justify like because for the record I don't think like they never give us like a solid confirmation but I don't think Sophie was playing them the entire time oh she was playing them I think she was playing them for this this particular particular con con. because she wanted the prestige again of having both the the Davids which she wanted to make history she wanted to do something no one else had done before I, here's the thing. I understand that people like art. Yeah. I do also think that it seems, like, I don't understand private collections. I Like, I understand that people like to have things. But I'm like, the point of art is that it gets to be observed and enjoyed. So if you're going to steal art, at least just, like, at least be upfront about it. Like, at least be like a museum. Yeah. Like, if you're going to steal shit... At least put it somewhere where other people can fucking see it. Don't just, like, put it in, like... She's got this one-of-a-kind fucking original piece, and she's like, yeah, it's in a box in a storage container. I'm like, what was the point? The point is, if she ever needs money, she can sell it. I mean, yeah. She's, and, like, I guess the point is that she knows, but I'm for like... For the 
the value. It's just such a waste. But here's the thing. If she had managed to steal the def- second David, they could have sold the two Davids off together. Yeah. And she could have made a shit ton of money. I guess. I guess I just, I don't know. It feels like inherently like a waste to have like oh, yeah, such absolutely. a prestigious piece of art and you're just like, yeah, it's in a box somewhere. I don't know. Oh, she's got a whole bunch of prestigious art. Oh, just wait until you find out all the shit that Parker's got from stealing shit over the years. Wait, oh my god, sorry. While we're on the topic of prestigious art, the fucking portrait that Hardison makes Elliot help Oh, get- Nate. Yeah. I didn't know that Hardison painted it. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he had it. I assumed he'd had it commissioned. I didn't no. know he painted it. He's a talented boy. What can't he do? Other than fight people. <laughs> there is a, yeah... But even that, he's getting better. He knocked a dude out, which I, seems fair considering they knocked him out. I love Harbison. Really quite, this episode really solidified for me. I'm like, yeah. oh, he's my favourite. Yeah. Hardison is my favourite. And then, again, it's still like maybe Parker, Elliot, interchangeable, and then Sophie, then Nate. But I think Hardison is like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's my he's my favourite. You've chosen. Yeah. You've I, made a selection. I think it goes Hardison, Parker, Elliot. Oh, at this point. Yeah, I think so. I just... I love him so much. The part when Sophie's talking and Nate's like, I know all this. And Harrison's like, well, my specialty is in IT and I don't know any of this. And actually, I'm riveted. So please go on. I was like, I fucking love you. That was the moment I was like, oh, yeah, he is my favorite. The dead guy art. That is, yes, that is my favorite. But while we're talking about those three, Elliot, I have a bone to pick. I've watched this man now on multiple occasions take out entire rooms of people fully armed and... Fully trained. Mm-hmm. But this one fucking dude with a camera gets the drop on him and almost beats the shit out of him. Well, that's the thing. He's not just a random dude with a camera. Yeah, but, like, so he's trained. So were the entire rooms of people with automatic weapons. Like, I'm sorry. I really was like, I don't believe this. Like, you can't set up this character to be this good. Like, he's too o- he's too overpowered as a character. He's just too good for me to believe that he would be able, like, that he's being matched in a fight right now. But the thing is, they just found someone who matched him in a fight. But even then, they didn't match him in a fight. He still won. Yeah, but I just, I don't think, it's not, like, they've shown, for me, they've mm. shown him too many times completely destroying rooms full of people with full weapons and shit by himself in, like, a matter of 45 seconds, maybe... Like, I've, I'm like, I now don't believe that a single person could take you down, no matter how good they are. Well, the key there is the weapons. The reason he could take down entire rooms full of people with weapons is because they have weapons. Yeah, They're hiding even... behind the weapons, and he is very good at disarming people, and then once they no longer have their weapons, they don't know what to do. That's kind of the key. I guess, but, like, even in that, even, even with that in mind, for me, I was like, no, you've, you've made this character too good for me to believe that one lone person could take him down relatively easily. And, like, ultimately, Elliot does win the fight. And I was like, I was watching it, I was like, I get that they're just, like, putting across that this is, like, a close match or whatever. Mm. But also, I'm like, I just don't believe it. And then, like, immediately afterwards, while he has broken ribs and a concussion, he helps him take out, like, six dudes. I'm like, see, this is, it's too... And again, who are fully trained. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. It felt a bit... Well, that's the thing. There's actually a couple of characters over the years that can match Elliot. Mm. Like, that's sort of the key here. 
he is like in the top tier, but there's like five of them who are all in that top tier. Yeah. They can all do what he does, but everyone else, if you've just got basic like combat experience or fighting training, you're not going to get anywhere near close to Elliot. Yeah. That's sort of the... And a lot of the teams that he's taken out have just been general security. Like, yeah. the I, guys that he takes out in the office are all just general, like, the insurance company security guys. I guess so. They're not, whereas they specifically contracted this dude. This dude. We haven't got a, we get a name for him. We do. Which, fun fact, he's actually child, like, the actor who plays him is childhood friends with Elliot Spencer, like, uh, with a... Christian Kane? Christian Kane, who plays Elliot Spencer. Huh. And so they used to do, like, fake fighting and shit growing up. Oh, okay. Because they live, like, next door to each other. That's so, funny. Uh, but no, he, he... Spoiler alert, he becomes a reoccurring character. Okay. So he does come back. Uh, the key is they did specifically hire him because there was a chance that he could take out Elliot Spencer. Yeah, I guess so. I just... It didn't feel... Because we don't find that mm. out until later... Yeah. Like, if there had been a moment where, um, like, he'd been, like, speaking to Nate or whatever, mm-hmm. and he'd said something along the lines of, like, oh, you know, I'm sure Elliot will be, like, along shortly. And they was like, you're not going to get Elliot. And he was like, you don't know who I've got on Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like, if there had been something, yeah. like, alluding to the fact that this person in particular is actually a threat, then I would have been like, oh... But because they yeah. didn't do that, they just kind of had Elliot walk up to him and then he immediately gets the drop on. I was like who the fuck is this guy and how, why am I supposed to believe this? So like, that's fine. That's all like yeah. fine and dandy. If like, he is one of the few people who can get the drop on Elliot. I just feel like they could have actually established that. Yeah. Cause they're have... trying to get me to believe that this random fucking man who I don't know who he is. They haven't mentioned him at all. Can just suddenly get Elliot on the ground when no one else in like Sterling's quote is literally Mr. Quinn was less effective than advertised. Oh, uh, yeah. See, as like, if they had, like, had something to that effect, like, if they had had, like, well, if Mr. Quinn is as effective as advertised, then Elliot won't be a, a yeah. concern. If they had had that before, yeah. or, like, even during the fight scene mm-hmm. with Elliot, then I would be like, oh, this guy, like, there's a reason why yeah, this guy. Yeah, because that line comes right after Elliot's finished um, beating yeah, he's up. he's already finished. He's, he's finished yeah. with Quinn and he puts the ear headpiece back in. And I'm sorry, but the iconic quote of, I've got some dental work for you, Sterling. Yeah. Like, hit me up so I can give it to you. I did like it a lot. Great. But no, like, it is not just some random guy. I, I do agree with you. They don't really establish that in this episode. Yeah. That he's not just some random guy. Um, we do get a little bit more of that later on because Mr. Yeah. Quinn does come back. It is hard. Like, I, I recognise, like, obviously, in the other podcast is the other way around. Like, I do understand how frustrating it can be when you're like, but it, it, like, it does make sense. I promise it does make sense. You just need other context. And I'm, like, sitting here like, oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, and I do have a lot of sympathy for you because I, I – and that's why I'm trying to, like – give you some of that context so that you can be like, oh, this isn't, like, a glaring issue. Yeah. But it's also, like, I don't want to give you too much context. Like, I can't say, oh, they come back specifically in this episode. I mean, speaking of Supernatural, can we talk about Hardison's dramatic zoom-ins in the Get Out of My House video? Yes. (laughs) Also, I was surprised. I was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to blow this fucking building up. And then they did. And then Sterling was like, yeah, they don't bluff. Yeah. And I was like, damn, they really don't. Yeah. So now they have to get a new house. Yeah. Which is like, at least they saved the painting. Yeah. Oh. And the special effects of that explosion are great. Like, 
across the board great and then they have the fucking chair and it drives me insane every time I watch it because it's like the explosion Mm -hmm. that they have like they actually made like a 3D model of the building and then super like blew that up and then superimposed it over the building that's how they did that that's quite cool works really well is really incredibly good Mm -hmm. and then they just have that terrible shot of the fucking chair falling I don't even know if I noticed it it annoys me every single goddamn time (laughs) Because I think it's, like, I think the special effects they use for the building blowing up are really, really good. And then they just have the fucking chair. I didn't notice the chair. Mm. However, some special effects that I did not love. The green screen when Parker's breaking the into... The green screen when Parker's breaking into the van. It's bad. It's it, not it is, good. Yeah, no. Um, the motion doesn't match properly. Although, in saying this, I have just watched the second season of Bridgerton, yeah. and... The green screen effect of them when they're riding horses is no fucking better. Yeah. So, like, it's not... This is not me having too much of a dig, because I yeah. recognise that this is just often a bad effect. Yeah. But it does look particularly yeah. bad, because it's so much of the background is just green screen. Though, I will say what is really good is just before that, when she jumps onto the truck, mm-hmm. that shot where she's physically oh, jumping onto yeah. the truck, fantastic. And do you know why that's fantastic? Because they actually had her jump onto a truck. That's very cool. <laughs> I have a question about that scene because yeah. I was literally looking at this television going, I'm so lost right now. Why was she breaking into the truck? I don't know. That is one mystery that's always confounded me. I don't understand what the plan was meant to be. I literally... My like, notes, does that make sense? My like, notes are, what is Parker doing? I am literally so lost. Why was Parker breaking into that van anyway? And then it says, I love Mark Shepard. But <laughs> I... I was watching. I think I it's like, just because they wanted to have Parker jump onto a truck from a bridge. I, was I literally, literally like, thought, what have I missed? It's like the TV equivalent of, you know, when you're writing a fic and you have one scene that you want to write, so you like work everything else around that yeah. one scene. I think it was that. I think they were just like, what if we had Parker jump from a bridge to a truck? I... And they were like trying to work out how it could work. But I don't know what the plan was. Yeah, and then fucking Sterling is just in the van. And I'm like, how. Like, were they running, like, a, it, it kind of implies that they were somehow running a separate con on Parker, and she's, like, doing a job privately, that they've managed to trick her into, like, targeting this fucking random van. No, so the, the van that she, I think the purpose is, I think there's not meant to be anyone in the van. So the whole idea is that she jumps into the truck, she switches out the statues, and then she, like, jumps off the truck with the real David and leaves the fake one behind. Sure. I think that's meant to be the purpose so that both of the Davids that Blackpool has are fake. Are fake. Okay. I think that's meant to be the plan. But also, like... The actual scene is very unclear. The actual scene is very unclear and I don't... I don't know why. And I think Sterling being in the van is just... He had... Because, of course, he's evil Nate, so he thinks like a <laughs> Nate does. And when... He heard that Nate was trying to sell Blackpool something. He was like, oh, something fishy's going to go down. Yeah. With this. So he was just, like, in the truck because he had a feeling that they were going to use Parker to try and steal it back. I think that's what the purpose was meant Mm. to be. Which... I was just so lost. I was like, what did I miss? A lot of this is on Sophie. Because Mm. if Sophie hadn't pushed them to steal back the second David and just let it lie, Mm -hmm. they... They steal the first David. They sell him the a real David back for eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. But then they, when they do like their checks or whatever before they put him on display, it's revealed that the first David that he's had 
Yeah. Has, is fake. Yeah. That is devastating for Blackpool regardless. Like, mm-hmm. they don't need to steal the second David back and replace it with a fake. Either that or they break into the fucking vault again. It really... And switch them out again, which... That whole sequence, Parker is so fucking good. I was watching that. I, I was love like, her. <laughs> I am in love with this woman. Like, mm. look at her fucking go, thinking on her feet, being creative. Like, some people are doing crosswords. Literally. <laughs> like, the fact that she was like, okay, uh, this is fine. All I need is, like, a glass of ice and some fucking tin foil, and I'm going to completely destroy this multi-million dollar security complex. Yeah. I just... And the fact that she's just doing it, like, as soon as she, like, put the fucking foil down with the lasers, I was like, she's a fucking genius. I will say, I don't understand how she got those shapes from the piece of foil she ripped. Oh, yeah, no, that makes no fucking sense. But look, can you... <laughs> look, we'll just plot, 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 convenience, convenience, convenience. You're watching We Black understand Ridge. the idea. Yeah. It just... What we... Because she, like, she rips a long piece, and then she, like, rips it in half. Yeah. But then it's very clear when she has the two... It's, like, it's a full piece of foil yeah. that's just folded in half. And it's, like... Yeah. Did you really... Did you really make that? I also love the way that Hardison gets the foil. <laughs> yeah. I want to wrap up some of this for tomorrow's breakfast, you know. Again, the, the obsession with shrimp continues. It does. Oh, speaking of things that continue, there was another fucking car ad in this episode. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Look, they got to pay for the bad green screen somehow. <laughs> I, I find it really funny, though, that this episode has, like, the explosion, which is normally the thing that looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And the explosion looks fantastic. Yeah. But the green screen, the thing that normally looks fine, fine, is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the other thing I don't understand about that scene is the car... That's, like, behind and, like, speeding up. Oh, yeah, the, like, Audi or whatever it is. Like, with the... Was it was a BMW. It was I don't know, a fucking fancy car. I knew what I was And they're, like, speeding it. up behind the... It's, like... Your plan was not... If the plan was for Parker to get in and out of the, the security vehicle undetected, it's not a subtle plan. Like, mm. any car behind them on the freeway. Yeah, exactly. And also, like... Even, like, knowing that Sterling is in the truck, like, having a car zoom up behind her, like, to do, accomplish what? Like, he's in the van. Yeah. You know? Like. It makes no difference. When she gets in the van, he can probably send them a signal. They can relock the doors. Yeah, exactly. And they can pull over and arrest her before she gets out. Like, the car zooming up behind was so unnecessary. It really, really was. And it also just highlights how bad of a plan this was in the beginning. Mm, mm-hmm. Because if that had just been any random passerby, would you not have called the cops to be like, oh, hey, look, I just witnessed some random chick jump from a bridge yeah, onto literally. a moving van and break into the back of the secure vehicle. Yeah, like, I think I would be on the phone with the authorities pretty fucking quickly. If nothing else, just to make sure that, like, no one was going to be injured. Like, I would be like, I think we need an ambulance. I think... I think there's going to be a terrible accident, you know. There are some really good things in this episode that I really, really love. And there's other things that I'm just like... Insane choices. Insane choices. But I will say I am eternally grateful that the insane choices are typically contained within a single episode of Leverage. Mm. They don't do the supernatural thing where they they make a single contained episode choice that fucks the rest (laughs) of the plot for like the next three seasons. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
There, there are some choices in this episode. There's some that I'm like, oh, that's a choice, but I kind of love it. And there's, it's like choices affectionate versus choices derogatory. Yeah. Um, the entire Armand Carbray can scene is choices derogatory. Yeah. Until the moment where you get just like Sterling's voice, because like iconic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other choices where I'm like choices affectionate, like, ooh, uh, the fact. Elliot asking which one of you did she kiss. Yeah, because, of course, that he doesn't know. I He oof. just heard the making out sounds. I did love that. I was like, oh, look at you go. Like, Hardison confusing the hell out of those private jet pilots. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> refuses to take a black man's authority. I lost it. But then he just, like, like and they opened the door for him. So he's, they've seen him in the chic costume. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do they think I have? I don't know, but it's fucking funny. It is choices and a half, and I love those choices for them. Uh-huh. Like, it just, the most choices. Oh, yeah, I have another question. Yeah. When uh, Blackpool is showing Nate and Sophie the, the David statue, the one that he originally had. Yeah. And Nate, like, just takes out his phone and just takes a fucking photo and, like, no one thinks that's weird. And also, he didn't need the photo. Why would he take the photo? Maybe it's so he can send a picture of the security system to Parker. Is it in the... Oh, maybe. Like, the weighted thing. Yeah. But they didn't know that they were going to steal it at that point. Maybe it's just for, like, future reference. I mean, maybe. I was just like, why is he taking a photo? And then I was like, why does no one care? I would be like, what are you doing? Like, I think... Obviously, Sophie's not going to care, because Sophie doesn't want to ruin the con. Yeah. And I think Blackpool just doesn't notice. But he, like, looks at him. Like, he takes the photo, you hear it, audibly hear it, and then he, like, turns and he's like, smiles, looks back at the thing. And I'm like, are you just, like, happy that he's taking a photo of your art? Like, I don't know, man. It was weird. I was very confused. Oh, my God. Also, the fucking... The fucking technology that they think that these phones are is able to handle like Hardison's like oh that's fine I'll just set off all the car alarms and you look at his little fucking Nokia and it's like bro my Nokia could barely run snake but here's the thing there is actually no way to set off that many car alarms at the same time what they did on set was they had a producer stand there with all of the crew's car keys and hit the panic button on each and every one of them I did think it was a clever diversion, though, because when they did um, do the car noises, I was like, how is that going to fucking help? The guys who are watching the security footage are not going to, like, go look at the cars. And But the fact that they, like, it made them think it, the sensor was an earthquake, I was yeah. like, that's actually quite clever. And that's actually something that's, like, true to real life. So that came from one of the writers had a security system installed in his house, and mm-hmm. he lived somewhere where they get earthquakes quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And basically... If uh, an alarm company gets a whole bunch of alarms all around the same time on the same street Mm -hmm. from all of their systems, they just dismiss it as an earthquake. Huh. That is a huge potential flaw. Yeah. Like, if you can manage to set off all of the alarms at the same time. Yeah, if you have enough people working the same, like... But mind you, that would have to be, like... Pretty fucking synchronized. Yeah. Pretty synchronized, a shit ton of systems. And you'd pretty immediately find out if it wasn't an earthquake, because they tend to report those things, like, pretty immediately. But no, so yeah, so the way they did that was each individual car had the panic button hit. That's very funny. That would have been a very loud day on set. Like, I really love this episode. 
Mainly because we meet Maggie. Maggie is like 90% my enjoyment of this episode. I just love Maggie. I'm so excited that you finally have met Maggie. Yeah. Because like... I really wish that Sophie wasn't so fucking uptight about her. Mm. I feel like they could be It doesn't help that literally every time Nate introduces her is like, oh, this is my wife. He never says ex-wife. Yeah, but it's also just like, Sophie, like, get your fucking shit together. Like, you're... It's, again, the fucking thing with Sophie and Nate not being able to be professional while on the job. And, like, letting their personal issues, like, get into it. It's like, just... Just fucking pull your head in. Like, I love you, Sophie. I do think you could do better than Nate. It does confuse me that all these amazing women think Nate is, like, you know, hung the moon or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But, like, pull your damn head in because you're going to blow this. Like, he is already on the brink of blowing this. Don't make it any easier for him. Like, you're the only person who can save this moment. Befriend Maggie. Mm -hmm. Be fully prepared to be the maid of honour at her and Elliot's wedding at this point. Like... You know, commit. When you're an actress, act like you don't care. Also, I love Elliot's little glasses. Elliot as Professor Sinclair. Yeah. With the little ponytail. Yeah. And the glasses. It's excellent. It's a look. I love that for him. Elliot as Professor Sinclair. Mm-hmm. I, I love I, I love everything about, like, how he has, like, the little character. Yeah. Little, little, little nerdy dude. I think, actually, my favourite person to see in, like, an acting, like, role, like, within the crew is actually Hardison. Yeah. He's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. hilarious. Even his, like, two minutes in this episode as the waiter. Oh, yeah, as the waiter and then as the, like... The, uh, um, bi- uh, the sheik or the businessman or whatever. Like, and also, like, when he's, like, trying to, like, convince him to let him on the plane and, like, yeah. it's just all that is so good. He's he's very good at little character bits. And Aldous Hodge is fucking hilarious. Like, he just... He has that comedic edge. Yeah. And it's just excellent. I think, actually, that is what makes him my favourite character. Like, yeah. the cut above the edge. I tend to really like the, like sarcastic comedic characters in like groups and so I think that's probably why he takes the edge over Elliot and Parker who have their own comedic purposes but not to the extent his is more um conscious yes yes whereas like like, Parker's funny because she doesn't understand and Elliot's funny but like in the way that he might make a joke whereas Hardison is funny just in his being and I love that yeah but no I do love Hardison. Hardison absolutely kills it every time. Sometimes too much, but we, we have yet to see that. I'll, I'll leave you with that little nugget of information Ooh, that's coming up. We get spicy. to see We will get to see Hardison in more substantial character roles Ooh. moving forward. Yeah. Not, not a spoiler, but they all do become better grifters as time goes on. Yeah. Like, Sophie... Definitely takes them... Like, we've already seen it a lot with Parker. Parker, probably because she already started at the lowest point. Like, Parker yeah. has already been, like, brought under Sophie's wing to start getting... And we got a lot of that in, like, the jury number six, six job. specifically. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the whole point of that episode was getting Parker, like, to a place where she could fully convince these people of, like, yeah. who she was. Yeah. Of Alice White, was it? Alice yeah. White, yeah. Which is a reoccurring alias. Ooh, that that's back. fun. It's, it's a really fun, like, thing to track mm. as we go through. That's why I'm pointing it out. Because now we've watched the first season. We've sort of got, well, like... not quite. Got one episode left, Jamie. We've, we've seen, like, baby's first steps into grifting, you know? Mm. like, mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to see, like, how they all approach it. Because, like, 
Well, Sophie's a professional. Yeah. She approaches it like she approaches everything. She doesn't really have too far to go. Nate approaches every grift as... Strange man in hat. (laughs) Can I wear a bad hat? Yeah. And can I piss this person off so much that they do what I want them to do? Yeah. Elliot is like balls to the wall. Oh, I'm pretending to be a chef. I am a chef. Yeah. I am a method actor. He like... He he goes right into it, but he goes into it from like a profession standpoint versus like a personality character standpoint. Yeah, he like becomes really passionate about whatever the character is passionate about, and yeah. then in doing so, becomes that character. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Hardison does very much like stereotypes. Every yeah. time we've seen him do a character bit, he is doing a stereotype, and that's why in last episode in the twelve step job when yeah. he was pretending to be gay, yeah. to get into the facility. That's why I wasn't like too big a yikes because he does this with everything yeah every character he plays he chooses a stereotype and he's like if i turn that up to 12 yeah that's what i'm doing yeah that's sort of what he did with when he was pretending to be gay that's what he does in this episode when he's being the black waiter quote unquote yeah he's like i'm gonna go all in on like the he 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 really likes playing on the um the power imbalance of being a person of colour. Yeah, we've seen him actually, I think, at he least twice now. He likes to weaponise it. It's great. At least twice now, he's like, gotten into places by accusing people of being a racist. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you use it for your advantage. Like, you deserve it. Like, you can... Look, let's talk about Maggie a little bit more, because I love I love her. Let's. And the one, the one character flaw that I have for her in this episode is somehow she doesn't notice Elliot talking into the fucking earpiece. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm hitting it off. It's like... Yeah. It, it makes no fucking sense. It makes That's no fucking sense. absolutely the, plot convenience. Like, he doesn't even take, like, a convenient sip or something to, like, hide the movement of his lips. Like... Yeah. Uh, well, between that and Nate just yelling at a fucking crowd mm-hmm. full of people, honestly, which is less suspicious, but I... I really like what we get of Maggie, although I do feel like she's very much... She's, like, straight-up vanilla ice cream. Like, she's so sweet Mm. and sort of so pure. And it kind of feels like she's been created to be, like, a direct parallel of, like, Sophie. Where, like, so... Like, they're both fantastic at what they do, but she's fantastic at what she does in a very sweet and innocent and naive way. And Sophie's really good at what she does in, like, the exact opposite way. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like... I, I appreciate the narrative symmetry. Yeah. But it does kind of make Maggie feel a bit... Granted, first episode, we don't know her very well at all. But in this particular instance, I'm like, she just feels very 2D. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that 100%. Especially considering a lot of this episode is her just basically being like... The nicest person ever. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is one of the reasons I love Maggie so much. Mm-hmm. Because she is... Oh, yeah, I like, She's quite believe. genuinely the nicest person ever. But I think it's really fun because you sort of talk about how you think, like, especially in this first episode, they frame her as very, like, sweet and innocent and naive. And, like, that that's certainly not all there is to the character yeah. as we move forward. Yeah, oh, and like, I'm sure that they will develop her because unlike Supernatural, Leverage likes its female characters. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, no, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of her. I yeah. hope we do get, like, a relatively significant chunk more of her. Yeah. I think it would be really interesting, although to be fair, I don't really know how her involvement would work into the general plot of the show. Yeah. So, like, I assume she probably won't be in that much of it, but it would be nice to see her in more. Yeah, we do get 
I would say we get another half a dozen odd episodes where cool. she's she's yeah. part of. That's probably about what I would yeah. expect. Yeah. She's not like a super reoccurring character. Like she, she she doesn't show up quite as much as like Sterling. Sure, but she is still it's relatively significant. Relatively significant, and like even in episodes that she's not in, it's not like they just completely forget about her. Yeah, like at the end of the day, she is actually like a significant character within the show, just because she's not there. Yeah, her presence is kind of... Yeah. Yeah. But I think she's a really interesting character, and so I'm excited for you to see more about her. Yeah, I'm I'm excited that we're getting to sort of flesh out some of our secondary characters. Mm. Like, we're getting more about Sterling, we're getting more about... We now have Maggie. We're finding out a bit more. Not that Sophie's a secondary character, but we started finding out that she also went by, like, Jane, who kind of becomes... Jenny. Oh, sorry, Jenny. Jenny. And Jenny is kind of like... So she probably went by Jane at some point, too. I kind of like that we're sort of finding out, we're fleshing out details about our secondary characters, but we're also finding out more information about characters that aren't real. Like, so, because yeah. Jenny is not real. No. But we're finding out about Jenny, who is actually Sophie. And, like, it really raises the point, and, like, I know I said, like, I wonder if Sophie is playing them as, like, a long con. It's kind of like a um, Rosa Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. type scenario where it's like, is that her name? Yeah. Like, is she actually Sophie? Or is her name, like, Sarah or something? Mm. Like, you know, it, it raises all these questions where you're like, and I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago as well, is that for all we know, Sophie is playing them entirely. Yeah. And this identity that she's come up with of, of Sophie mm. could just be another identity that she's come up with. I think it is less likely because I think she's too emotionally invested yeah in Nate particularly yeah. and like in the friendships that she's building with the rest of the mm-hmm. group but in saying that like sh- she's an actress that's the fucking point so yeah. it, and it, like as demonstrated by this episode she does lie to them everyone game. in this team is really fucking clueless when she's lying to them except for Nate mm-hmm. Nate's the only one who even who can pick it even comes close to being able to pick mm-hmm. when she's playing him like all the others are just like blindly, blindly. Which I don't blame Parker. Parker is just so fucking pumped up, and she's like, "We stole an eight million dollar statue on our day off." Yeah, she's I, like fucking celebrating, man. And I do, I get that, and I do get um, Hardison probably not picking up on it because yeah. while he has better social skills than Parker, he is also like the IT dude. Like he spends most of his time with tech and computers, yeah. not people. But yeah. Elliot. Like, it's important that Elliot can read people because of his skill set. So it's kind of important that he would be able to pick yeah. when Sophie is playing. Yeah. But also, Sophie is just that good. I was just going to say, she is just that good. Like, it's led us about Elliot not knowing when she's playing, and it's more about Sophie just being good enough to fool yeah. him. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more of an indication of her skills rather than his, his lack downfall. of yeah. observational skills. Um, I think the other important thing is, like, we're starting to see, like, the fact that Nate can read her and actually sort of sees what she's doing is one of the reasons why she likes him. Mm. Because she can trick anyone else. She can trick anyone else. And, like, that's, like, yes, Sophie is too good for him. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. But we start, we're starting to get, like, the reason why she likes Nate and the reason she likes Nate is because he does match her, at least in some aspects. Sense. Yeah. Which is something that she's never really found before there's like yeah it's sort of just a testament to her wanting to be seen 
yeah. and wanting to be he, known as a person when she's spent her entire life being other people. You're going to ship Destiel. Um, <laughs> that's such a thesis statement. <laughs> um, this isn't the supernatural podcast. I know, but, but it, the, listening to you say that made me really happy. Um, so, yes, no, I fully understand that. Like, yeah, she wants to be seen and everyone else around her sees what she wants them to see, but mm. Nate sees what she actually is. Yeah. And that's, I know that that makes sense yeah. because that's literally Destiel. That's the thesis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess. So that. would you call Sophie and Nate a profound bond? No, because I was going to say because Sophie can do better, but honestly, no. so can Cass. So, like, <laughs> the difference is I don't ship it. <laughs> but the parallels. Also, if you add Mark Shepard, it's a love triangle. Oh, God, you're so right. No fucking wonder <laughs> the leverage to Supernatural and vice versa pipeline is so fucking strong. It's the same show. <laughs> Just, like, wrapped slightly differently. Because <laughs> if you didn't realise, there is, like... It's not in the show as a love triangle, but in fandom, there is a section of the fandom that ships Sophie, Nate, Sterling as either a love triangle or, like, an OT3. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Uh, we certainly have our own versions of that in Supernatural. One of one of which is definitely Crowley. Crowley's definitely in there as one of the three. There's a couple of other notable uh, variations, but... Oh, I do want to talk about one Sterling moment just really briefly, because oh. I think it's fucking hilarious. Yes, please do. When they're on the roof with the statue. Oh, God, and he yes, goes, I wanted to talk about this too. We can replace you. you. I know. Literally Crowley-coded. Um, <laughs> no. It, I, I did love that. I thought it was very fun. Um, if I was the person who was having to retrieve that statue, I would have been shitting myself. Um, I do want to talk about Parker and Sophie flying off the building. Yeah. Um, my roommate who was watching with me literally watched that happen. She went, huh, that's gay. <laughs> I mean, it is a little gay. So I just, like, having her barely have seen any of Leverage, I just thought yeah. that was a very fun observation that I would toss in on her behalf. Yeah. Um, it did make me giggle when I realized what was happening. I did appreciate that Nate and Sophie were like, we have to, like, use the skill sets of others. Yeah, because Sterling is predicting her and her Nate. and yeah. Nate's skills. Like, that's what he's relying on. That's what he's counting on. Yeah. So they have to think differently. Yeah. Which is why they have Elliot act like Hardison and fry all of their like earpieces so that they're all incapacitated so he can take them out. Yeah. Though I do think it's hilarious that when there's like six guys, he's a little like, fucking six guys, man. Yeah. Six low rent security fucking guys. Like you. Even with a concussion and a broken (laughs) rear. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we do start to see that like, I think the first season's not great for making it seem a lot like Elliot's really like invincible, mm. and I think that's one of like one of your issues that we we're talking about earlier. Yeah, they about made how... him so good that it becomes unrealistic. Like I don't believe it when they're yeah. like putting him in any situation. I'm like, oh, well, get out of it because he always does. That's, yeah, but I think yeah, I think that's sort of they have sort of hyped him up a lot, and I think this episode really like they're sort of like, oh well, we should actually probably take him down a peg. Uh, make sure people know he is human. Like, yeah. Like, he is actually human. It's yeah. uh, 
It's, yeah, it's, uh, I think also we see a lot of him fighting guys one-on-one. Yeah. We've never seen anyone else even come close. Like, this is the first time we actually see him get properly beat up. Yeah, Like, he's yeah. been injured before, but we haven't seen him get properly beaten up yet. Yeah. Um, this is the closest he's come to a loss. Yes. Um, whereas every time he fights more guys, he always gets the drop on them. Mm. He always gets the better of them because Either they're too preoccupied with their weapons, they don't understand. They underestimate him. They underestimate him, and that's sort of what he relies on. And he relies on this in all aspects, always. Mm. Like, he always, especially undermining his intelligence, is something that happens a lot. Yeah. And it's even the case in this episode. Like, they, they expect him to just basically come in and try and bust heads. Yeah. And then when he comes in and pulls a Hardison trick, they're not ready for it. Oh, they have a little moment that I really love where it's like the Spider-Man meme. After they've beaten up all the oh, guys. Oh, yeah, they're all like pointing at each other. They're like, eh, eh, eh. Fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about something you kind of called in the uh, in the in the introduction, the pre-thoughts that we did episode, which is it doesn't seem realistic for them to have an office. Yes. It, yeah. They had it for a season. I'm kind of glad they got rid of it, not yeah. gonna lie. It made very limited sense. Introduction episode that we did when I was asking you about locations. Yeah. And I asked you about Leverage HQ. Uh-huh. And you said, it sounds like it'd be offices, but that seems really impractical. <laughs> this is what happens to Leverage HQ. They have it for yeah. a season and then it blows up. That makes a lot of sense. Because I was wondering how they were gonna keep that under wraps for much longer. Yeah, because they sort of, they, they they had the reveal in the two-horse job of Sterling knows where the offices are. Yeah. And it's implied that it's going to be an issue. Yeah. And this is why it's an issue. No. Like six episodes later and we're here. So I'm glad that they get rid of the offices. I think it, it, it did yeah. seem like a weird liability. To have a specific space that's like offices. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure like how they're going to combat that now, I guess. Yeah. Like... I guess they just trade off, like, meeting at each other's houses or some shit. I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, no, okay, I, I forgot that I said that. So that's quite fun. Yeah, I yeah, you you said something along the lines of how the hell is that going to... Like, it sounds like offices, but also... Sounds stupid. They're criminals, so how the, are they maintaining, like, an office? Yeah. No, okay, well... The well, answer is... Hardison tried. He tried real hard. <laughs> he tried also, very hard. I felt bad that he lost all that popcorn when they, like, ambushed him. He, like, yeah. threw his whole bowl and I was like, damn, bro. That's so a lot mean. of wasted corn. Also, I have lots of fun facts about this episode, but new fun fact about mm-hmm. the episode. The the maquettes, they talk about the, the David, the sculptures. Yes. Which you did not guess even close. No, was. I did not. I <laughs> You're like, it's an evil dude named David. <laughs> well, in my defense, it could have been. Yeah. Not so much with the reveal no. of the, the the main antagonist of this season yeah. being Blackpool. But the maquettes are fake. Not real. There is no <laughs> nothing like that. So... They're sort of half true, half false. Mm. He did, in fact, make little scale models before he did the big thing, mm-hmm. specifically Michelangelo in his... <laughs> I his, think I don't think there was that much confusion about who we were talking about. So Michelangelo did, in fact, sculpt miniatures before he did the, the full-size yeah. statue, but none of them survived. So mm. this is, like, sort of... What if bending, they had? Bending. Bending reality a yeah. little bit. To make something that I think is actually really quite believable. Mm. 
in terms of like I would have assumed, like I would have believed it. Yeah. If no, if if I would have been told that, I probably would have been like, oh yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. It's the same as the bank shoots in. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. Like I would have been like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. That's fine. Whatever. Whereas yeah. stuff like you know the in the Maya high job the black box being orange unless mm. you'd previously knew that it does sound fake as hell. Look, I think I've I've used all my fun facts for the day. I don't have any more. Do you have anything else you'd like to? No, I add think on? I'm pretty much tapped out for this episode. Tapped out for this episode. Yeah. No worries at all. So that will bring us on to the rating for this week's episode. What do you rate the first day of a job out of five? I'm kind of torn. Mm-hmm. I so as an episode. I kind of want to give it, like, a relatively low score. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to give it, like, a 2.5 because mm. it was fine, but mm. I wouldn't really want to re-watch it for the actual episode itself. Yeah. But there are, like, a lot of moments, like, individual moments within yeah. the episode that I really liked. I really like the introduction of Maggie. I love that we get more of Sterling. Nate pissed me off the whole time, but that's not really anything new. No. I loved Hardison and Elliot and Parker, although the whole Elliot fighting thing, eh. So, mm-hmm. and the dresses. Oh, the dresses. So, really spoke to me. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm torn between... There are some elements that made me want to give it, like, a 3.5. Some yeah. elements that make me want to give it, like, a 2.5. So I think I'm just going to settle on a three. Yeah. I feel like if I'm being, if I was going to be really nitpicky, I'd probably do like 2.75. Okay. Just because like, as, not a, doing, as an overall. We're doing only half points. Exactly. We're not doing. As an overall points. episode, I would probably rate it lower. But there were like individual things that I liked enough where I'm like, okay, I can like boost it a little bit. So, oh, so I you're think... doing the opposite of what I normally do when I rate stuff. Yeah. Normally when I rate stuff, I'm like, oh, it was this level, but these four things happened that fucked me off. So minus a point. Yeah. I I think I'm like, I would call it a 2.75, but because we're not going to go into that specific, I'm going to round up. Mm. So I think I'll give it a three. Yeah. But I think this has also been one of the harder ones for me to rate. Yeah. In general. And also it doesn't help that it's a, like a two-part scenario so like it's not really resolved like i might get to the end of next episode and be like oh this is a four you know but i just at the moment it makes sense why that was the first half Mm. with the second half as context and i didn't really love the the end point of this episode either because i don't believe it for like even half a second because there's another episode well, not even that. It's just that, like, the whole point of this fucking show is that they work together. Yeah. So, like, even if they did split up for a period of time, like, they will come back together because that's the fucking point. I don't so know. So this is exactly how I felt about the season one... No, yeah, the season one finale of... The car crash. Of the car crash yeah. of Supernatural. I'm like... There's 15 more fucking seasons. They, they're they not going to die here. And if they do die here, they're not going to stay dead permanently. Like yeah. It is it is a drawback of this kind of, like, it's a drawback of media in general, like, especially televised media, where you're like, well, practically, I know that this is not something you're going to do. Yeah. So, it like, it does, it's not, I wouldn't call it a fault of the actual show in either case, because I understand the narrative purpose of it. But it's also, like, the... Like, when you're thinking about it logically, just as a viewer, you're like, well, they're not going to do that because then they don't have a show. So I know that this is not, like, I understand it's supposed to build tension, but it doesn't. Just because of your own logic. Yeah. And that's not a fault of the show. That's just, that's a fault of of us thinking outside of the show about, like, the actual production itself. So, anyway. So I, I can't really dock at points for that. So I'm, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to round up to a three. Yeah. Essentially, long story short, didn't love parts, 
Did like some parts. Middle Road 3. Lovely. Mm. Okay, the next episode is called The Second David Job. What do you think it's going to be about? An evil guy named David? Well, Jamie, seeing as this episode was about an evil man named uh, David, yes, I do think the next episode will be... No, I I mean, it'll just be a continuation of this one. And you've told me before that leverage tends not to end on, like, cliffhangers. Yeah. Right? So I'm not expecting any, like, major bombshell twists. Like, there will probably be a twist in the way they pull off whatever they're doing. But I don't think it'll be some huge revelation thing. I think Mm. it'll probably be... What I, what I hope, rather than what I predict, what I want is I would like the episode to have a solid, satisfactory ending. I would like for some more Maggie, because we didn't get a lot of her this episode, but I think she seems really interesting and I would like to see more of her. I would like to get a little bit of resolution of some of the like more interpersonal plots. I would like to see either... Nate and Sophie fucking admit they like each other or for Sophie to be like, do you know what? Not fucking worth it. Yeah. So I either want her to be, to either shut it down or I want them to fucking resolve that because it's so annoying. They keep risking fucking the entire con to be petty at each other. And I'm just, I'm, I'm over it at this point. So I would either like them to see, resolve that. However it gets resolved, I want it fixed. Yeah. I want it done. I don't care about it. I would rather it not be there. Whether like they do anything with Parker and Hardison, I'm like less concerned about because yeah. theirs has been more like fun, flirty. Like I wouldn't yeah. mind if that was left open ended or like whatever. And Elliot doesn't really seem to have too much of a individual plot going on yeah. with anyone. So like, he's fine. He's just chilling. But I would really, really like either Sophie to just be like, do you know what? You're not worth it. I've given up. Or... I would like them to fucking pull their heads in and actually talk about it. Either yeah. one of those, I would be happy. But if they keep doing this fucking half-ass bullshit, I'm it's, yeah. gonna, it's already old and I'm it's going to annoy me. But one season and you're like, I'm done. Yeah, literally. So um, you want resolution, essentially. Yeah, and I don't. I I really, really, really hate the trope of like two women pitting against each other for the sake of the affections of one mediocre man. Like. Especially when he's as mediocre as Nate is. Literally. I'm like, Sophie and Maggie do not need to be enemies. No. Like, Sophie does not have to be jealous or, like, not like her. And Maggie doesn't have to do that either. Mm. Like, they can just exist. And Nate can also be there. Like, so I really hope that... I really hope that they don't go down Mm. that avenue of the Nate, Sophie, Maggie triangle of angst. Like, Mm. I don't want that. Yeah. And that's fair enough. So that's your thoughts? That's my thoughts. So that was probably more of like a season two kind of wish listy thing. But like, yeah, going into the finale, like if they're going to, I don't really know what to expect because it's not, I'm used to finales of shows. Like the point is that they kind of are, have a climax yeah. of like, oh, what'll happen next? Tune in next, whatever to find next out. Season, yeah. But if they're not going to do that, then I would at least like to see some resolution of the stuff that they've mm. done this season. I will... Not give you too many spoilers, but I will give you some reassurance. Okay. I do think if you just watch the first season of Leverage and watch the first season finale, it's a decent enough resolution. Like, it's not like it's... It does tie up some things really nicely. Obviously, the show has another, like, six seasons at this point. Mm -hmm. Probably will have more by the time this comes out because the second season of the reboot's coming. Yeah. But it ties up a lot of things really nicely and it does leave it on, like, not a point where you're like, oh, no, that's a cliffhanger. What's going to happen next? But more of a sort of, like, a, oh, like, I can see how they could go from there, but, Mm. like, it's also not, They don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. If they just left it there, it would have been okay. Yeah. It would have been, like... Perfectly satisfactory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that makes me feel a bit better then. Mm. Not that I was particularly worried, but... 
I've told you over and over again, they don't really do the whole cliffhangery thing. Yeah. So if they're not going to do a cliffhangery thing, then they've got to do some sort of resolution. Resolution. I do kind of wish that this episode they try to pack a little less in there and just edit ended at the point and made this the cl- like a proper cliffhanger mm. and had this point end when Sterling's caught them all. Yeah. And actually, then immediately jump back into the action. Actually, next yes, episode. I agree because honestly, like I was thinking about it, like when I one of the things that you've talked a lot about the supernatural is that you don't understand like you're like, I don't nothing about this episode makes me want to watch the next episode. Yeah. I find the same thing with leverage, but that yeah. it bothers me less because like I don't mind if the show I'm watching yeah. doesn't like have that that pull. Mm. But with this, like I'm like this is a, a two part episode, and I, I should feel, want yeah. to come back. It yeah. doesn't feel like a two part episode. No. It feels like this is just the end of an episode. Yeah, and there's just another one next week. It doesn't feel like a two parter. No, like especially if you want to compare like the supernatural like season two finale, the mm. mid episode cliffhanger of that is a very big cliffhanger comparatively yeah this one is just kind of like i don't know it just feels like the end of the pilot which was just its own episode like i don't feel like there's a part two coming yeah and like obviously like sure you want to end your season without a cliffhanger that makes perfect sense and i actually fully respect that but like when you already know that there's a second part of the episode like put Mm. a fucking cliffhanger in there absolutely cut the episode where um sterling has them all caught and you don't know and then that's it and then you're like tune in next week and i would have been like oh shit how are they gonna get out of this and it would have felt way more, like, yeah. exciting. I don't know. And it also would have meant that they could have let some of this stuff in this episode breathe. Yeah. Because just so much happens so quickly. And you are thrown straight into the action, but it's very... I know. I think because Leverage doesn't have the overarching plot that Supernatural does, it bugs me less that they don't have, like, that whole, like, hook to ke- make you keep watching. Yeah. Because for me, the hook was the characters versus, like, plot stuff. To be fair, the hook for me was also the characters. characters. Anyway, we should move on and finish off, wrap up. Okay. So, if you want to contact us at all on social media, you can find Beth on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. And I reckon you should just do, like, a, a character analysis breakdown of, like, Crowley versus Sterling. Let's see if we can find a single difference between these two characters. We'll run a side-by-side and just compare, run a compare and contrast the two. I love that. Or are you a firm subscriber to the... You know, leverage supernatural shared universe. Crowley is sterling. <laughs> I kind of fucking love that theory. And if you want to interact with Jamie, you can find her over on our Tumblr at Thief Steals the Podcast. And I think obviously she was super keen to talk about Maggie this episode. Unfortunately, I am unhelpful in that regard because I have only known Maggie for like 10 minutes of screen time, maybe max. So I feel like maybe to help her out, if you wanted to head over there and talk about all your favorite Maggie moments, I feel like maybe that'll give her the opportunity she wants to express her emotions about, about Literally Maggie. my note when I saw Maggie and like, not even when we saw Maggie, but when we see like the back of her, when she's talking to Elliot in the first scene and you just see her hair and her dress, I was like, Maggie, Maggie. <laughs> I fucking love Maggie. Maggie is one of my favorite characters in the show. And I cannot wait for Beth to see why why (laughs) because yeah she's right this episode doesn't give us enough maggie i need more maggie in my life yeah though i will just say i didn't mention it in the actual podcast but i'm gonna say it here the fact that maggie is immediately just like when nate's like oh i just need this deal to go through she's like okay i'm on board let's go yeah let's let's do this shit like oh what a queen what an icon always willing to help people anyway thank you so much for listening to us ramble about this episode, well, rather me ramble to this episode and Beth put up with me very patiently. <laughs> if you like what you listen to, 
subscribe to us, I guess. I don't know. Fucking follow us. Wow, look at that. We're social media icons. I was going to say, wow, look at you using the lingo. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh, we are not professionals. Oh, God, no, we're fucking useless. But that's kind of the brands now, so that's fine. I don't mind being useless. <laughs>